When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Final score at Dens Park, Celtic 3, Dundee now, and I don't know, not the prettiest at times, it looked like it was going to be one of those afternoons, but Celtic came good in the end. This is Tino with the Final Whistle Show, joined here by James. James, how did you enjoy the Mikey Johnson show? I'll tell you, I'll quote San Fran in the comments here, his, his line was uh, Mikey Johnson kicking the doors off the last chance saloon. I think that's pretty much spot on. Uh, a, a funny game, you know, like I said, top of the day, I'd take any kind of Three points today, just so important to get that win. Dundee were well organised, stuck to their task, physical, referee let my away with a lot of stuff, maybe come to that. Um, but got the job done. They can understand fans saying that's really hard to watch, but you can't deny that you know the the kind of very mature possession play that Brendan sets you up for. It does create the opportunities to score goals. We didn't score as many as we should, but it's the ball retention, it's the slow patient build up we'd like it to be faster there's no denying that but it is effective so you've kind of got to go with it especially in a, in a sticky patch that we're just getting out the other side of so yeah and a correct prediction for yourself I believe well I called it three out to you before the game on WhatsApp I can't remember if I called it right in the, the pre-match I'm sure, in the I'm sure somebody will remind me that I got it wrong again but I'll take it <laughs> um yeah do you know it is slow patient build up but ultimately my concern is if you're not creating the chances, if you know if you've set up as a coach in a certain way and there's no chances and you're just coming to the final third and there's, there's nothing happening at all, we are creating chances. Kyogo's missed a big chance. Palmer's missed a big chance. We've been knocking the door. What have we had? Yeah. 23 corners, 39 sh- shots on goal, albeit not as many on target as you'd like to see. Celtic are creating chances and that's down to how we're set up there. So you can argue it's not as good to watch, it's not as fluent as Ange and I don't think many folk would would argue against that. You know, that's just the facts of the matter. Different coaches play in different ways. I liken it to, see if you watch a video or something on YouTube and you play it at one and a half times speed or even two times speed, that's maybe Angeball. Rogers is back to your normal one times pace and it's not it's not quite as enjoyable to watch, but it's more controlled. So that's the rub. You know, you can't, there's always a compromise with different coaches. Some will have more of this, less of that. Um, and that's just the way Brendan Rogers plays. But, uh, undeniable, not even a question here, but Celtic thoroughly deserving of a 3 0 win, if not more. Yeah, exactly. There was, you know, any other result in a, in a strong Celtic win would have been a, a travesty there. I mean, at half time, I wasn't at least a bit worried because they were doing everything right, bar scoring. I mean, you're doing everything right, the, the goals will come in, and they did. So, yeah, it was the right result. Yeah. What about the starting lineup? Uh, I think that's Celtic's 27th game of the season. I'll double check, but I think it's 27 games for the season. Very rare we've started the same lineup two in a row, but we've seen that today. So it's another chance for Bernardo. It's another bit of game time for Maeda. More chance for Kyogo to get back on the goal trail. But what did you think of the lineup in general? And, and did you think think that certain guys took their chance? Uh, it was the lineup I kind of called for, so I was happy enough with it. As much for the consistency as anything else. 
Um, I can't think of any game this season. We've, we've two games back to back. We played the same starting eleven. It's been so chop changed with injuries and various other things and form and whatever. So good to see the consistency. You've, you've said all through the last certainly few months, you know, inconsistent lineups lead to inconsistent performances. So I think getting that consistency back in is, is really important. Um, in terms of who took their chances, I thought, Bernardo, just, he's, you know, he's, he's done the same as he did against Livy. He's not done anything wrong. thought he disappeared for large patches. He's popped up with some nice stuff. He's got his goal. Just a really hard player to work out. Can't work about myself, so um, he didn't do anything wrong. So he, he probably starts on Saturday. Dies in, good to get the game time. Pretty stinking, pretty stinking, I would say. Um, even Yang, when he came on, was showing a wee bit more than than Dies in. Um, Palmer, lively involved, can't take a corner to save his life. Blah blah blah. There's lots of good and bad throughout today, but saying that justifies the means. Yeah, individually, there's guys that are definitely not quite at themselves. No more so than Maeda, actually. And I'd have to say his output was next to zero. He brought yeah. next to nothing to the party. He ran about. Who was the kid at left back? Owen Beck. Yeah. Um, yeah, Beck, yeah. He did well. Decent decent left back. Had a decent game, but he's completely dominated Maeda. Maeda's, I don't know if he's got buy on ones. He's, listen, he's given you all the Maeda stuff that, that, that you become used to. He runs out of the park. He overcooks it. It bounces off him. All those kind of things. But do you know what? He'll start on Saturday because we know that that's the requirement yeah. against James Tavernier as much as anything and pinning them in. <clears throat> and Rangers will have to be far more open than than most, if not all other sides that we face. In terms of Paolo Bernardo, James, uh, the guy for Celtic Exchange tweeted just at the start of the game, Paolo Bernardo seems to have a bit more about him here in the early stages. He needs to be doing more in general to try and cement that third midfield place in the team. Goals, assists and drives into the box. He's clearly checked his Twitter at half time because he's gone and Taking that message on board and grabbed his goal, and it's a scrappy goal, isn't it? But it's it's the all important goal that that Celtic need in that kind of game. Yeah, I mean, he's he's found himself in a good position, and he, he was making those runs, you know, that himself and O'Reilly both do. It's a good ball from Palmer, another assist, I suppose. Um, but when he's down at the byline, he seems to be more interested in the cross, and then he finds himself kind of pretty much, you know, a yard from the goal line. So he just. If and now just stick it in the back of the neck kind of thing. Uh, very strange. Um, goalie was poor for me, which I'm happy with because he was outrageous with some of his antics, the goalie. So, yeah, good to see that. Yeah, let's get into that because, so Trevor Carson, ex-Motherwell, I remember at the time Celtic were strongly linked with him and I think Motherwell blocked a move and I think he was mm. he was pretty annoyed at the time. Celtic were going to bring him in to do what would probably be the, the Scott Bain type role just now. But anyway, it was linked, never got the move and, and the rest is history. But his tag teaming uh, with Shaughnessy on Carter Vickers for two corners. Was just, two or three. I mean, you see what penalties are getting given for just now for certain teams, slight jersey pulls, all that stuff. The, he, he smothered Carter Vickers with his gloves at one point and then he said a wee kick out of him after as well. Nothing to see here on VAR. Is it Greg Aitken that was on VAR? Yeah. He was also on VAR for Rangers Motherwell the other day. Um, nothing to see here. And there's real... The time of complain is when you win 3-0, right? So if we'd have drawn nothing each, this would have sounded sour grapes. But let's just call it what it is. It's, that's apparently all day long in the modern game. And what you're seeing is inconsistencies across the board. Paranoid or not. Celtic certainly seem to be refereed to a different standard when it comes down to what is and what isn't a penalty. What was your your version of that and, and how that's not been given? 
First of all, I said it before, it's not Celtic that have been refereed to a different standard. It's every other team apart from Rangers that's refereed to a different standard. Um, Shaughnessy's got both hands you know, gripping CCV's jersey and uh, Carson's got his arms wrapped around his neck from behind. It's just ridiculous. My issue with it really... Right, of course, the referee's got to, the refereeing team's got to see it, but where are Celtic at the next corner not saying a goalie to the ref? You need to be watching this. We're, we're just the nicest team in the league. We let stuff like that go. We don't make enough noise. And referees just pay no attention unless you're going to make a song and dance about it. And the only one I can remember really screaming for something and getting it was Mikey Johnson. We got a penalty a few weeks ago. Yeah, He's the only one that does it. And we need to be doing it to a man. Just ridiculous. And like you say, there's, there's VAR there. So what's Greg Aiken seen? If he's not seen that as a penalty, you know, it's not a sending off, it's a booking and a penalty. But it's it's consistent, you know, it's every single corner then. Scales got up well for a header just before that, and his jersey was getting, you know, tugged. So it's, you know, what are penalties or to what team are the penalties? It's it's just got to stop. It's not paranoia, you can take that out of your head. Yeah. Um, I do agree with you. I think Celtics players do need to be making more about it. And I think we need to be Given the referee decisions to to be you know to be making and understand that Don Robertson can't see everything that's going on in the box, but he's had to then go and have a word with Carter Vickers and Carson, so he's aware of it. Um, similar yeah. to Celtic's penalty that we won against Feyenoord, where Liam Scales was having a tussle with the guy. The ref clocks that, gives them all a warning before the corner. Corner gets taken and Celtic get the penalty. And I thought something like that was going to play out because Shaughnessy Same. and Trevor Carson couldn't help themselves. They were all over Carter yeah. Vickers. It was clearly a problem for them. One thing that really frustrated me around that spell, and this was when Celtic were getting some of their 23 corners, is the one that Louis Palmer puts into the side netting. One of several they put into the side netting. At that point, the pressure's on Dundee, the pressure's on the ref, the pressure's on everyone to to make a call. You know, tensions are high in the box and it, it, it was up to Celtic to keep the pressure on. And Louis Palmer just releases all that pressure for Dundee by putting out the park. And I don't know. So you and I disagree on, on Louis Palmer. I think it's fair to say. I, I really like him. I think he's a talented player. You'll have seen the stat that came up at one point, I don't know, an hour into the game, saying that he'd created nine chances in the game yeah. compared to the next best, which was three. He does create chances. He does do good things. He also does frustrating things. And that corner's one example of several. Where are you at with him? He's, he, as you say, he's had another assist, if you want to call it that. Uh, and we will call it that for Bernardo's goal. But what's your general take on him at the moment and in the bigger picture? Uh, at the moment, he's doing some stuff great, some stuff bad. In the bigger picture, he's a player under development for me. I don't think he's the funniest article. There's no player really should be. You know, he should always be wanting to improve. But I think he's got a lot to improve upon. Um, and I just think he's he's a product of our signing policy. You know, you get some excellent stuff out of him but you'll get inconsistency and that's what development players give you. So, I mean, where is he going to play on Saturday? Because Dyson will probably take up that berth. He's not so effective on the right. I think he loves stepping inside as he, as he showed today and he showed in the last few weeks. But inconsistent for me. Do you not find him inconsistent? I do. Part of me takes the takes the good with the bad. It's, it's a wee bit Rio Hattati. Like, Rio Hattati is a guy that takes chances for Celtic. He's... He's not as safe as the other midfielders and he will try that through ball or that defence splitting pass or that speculative shot when others would be a bit more cautious, particularly somebody like David Turnbull, for example. And part of me likes that. I, I like 
I like rolling the dice and, and seeing what happens and, and taking chances in the final third. So Louis Palmer does a bit of that. Um, and when it comes off, it's great. You know, the, the outside of the, the, the boot cross, the, the shot from distance, all that kind of stuff. So when it comes off, brilliant. You're delighted for him. Um, but likewise, sometimes when it doesn't come off, it looks really cheap. So I don't know. I think I think his consistency will get better. The more that he plays, he's still a very young footballer and he'll still be finding his feet to an extent here at Celtic and in Glasgow. So I'd like to think he'll get better, but I can completely understand the frustrations that yourself and and others feel. Um, but I think you've you've caveated it with the fact that he is a development player. It's not Louis Palmer's fault that he now starts every game for Celtic because we didn't recruit better, because we signed guys like Marco Tilio, who's nowhere to be seen. We signed Yang, who's less developed than than Palmer, for example. So there, there's lots of stuff at play. I like Palmer. I think he's the kind of guy that can unlock the fences, but I completely get your frustration. I'm going to jump into one of the comments. There's a comment from Robert McKeown. Robert's a good friend of the show. And he's highlighted, I think, what a lot of us are thinking at this moment in time. His comment goes as follows. Can we all agree that Maeda can't play in the right? Awful performance, and it really affects the balance. Alistair Johnson looks terrible with Maeda there. And I think that second part's really important, James, because I think creatively Alistair Johnson is way off it, way off it. And I think he's got a lot of dig and a lot of desire and a lot of drive, and I like him defensively. Going forward, he's gone back the way. We know he's capable of so much more, but he gets in that, at least in the opposition's half, if not the final third, and there's nothing good happening, nothing good from him up there. And I don't know if having my head up there has affected him or not. Maybe that's giving Johnson a bit more uh, benefit of the doubt than, than he should be getting. But what do you think of those two linking up on the right? It'd be hard to really judge Johnson, I suppose, um, without a flying wing in front of him, somebody knows he can trust. Um, but I suppose in saying that, like you're seeing him linking with his right winger and he's finding himself in attacking positions and just falling to pieces, like behaving like a guy who's never seen a football before, just you know, flicking out legs and you know, not able to find a cross. I'm a big fan of Johnson, like you, you know, defensively, I think he's fairly flawless, loves a tussle. Really strong, pacey, um, but then when he, you know, when he wins these challenges, he, he's set up to to go forward. I don't know how much experience he's, he's got doing that. I think it's a relatively new thing for him. Whereas you know, teams will play you the right back, win the ball, give it away, get back in your corner. It's just not like that at Celtic. So again, I suppose what you're seeing there is a guy in need of development. You know, despite his experience and his and his prowess as a defender, he, he needs to develop as an attacking player. Or he's attacking attributes at the moment. I agree. I think he's he's gone back in that regard. Maybe if we see some consistency in the right wing for him, it could help because then he can rely on it more. He can, you know, take chances that he otherwise maybe isn't taken. Um, Maeda was no help to him today, obviously. Um, and you're finding he's coming out, he's getting his head up, and he's going. That's not an option. So he's having to bring it inside and you know start the horseshoe and it's safe passes and all this kind of stuff. So I, th- I think there's development required, no doubt. But he's, he's married back. He is, uh, and, and it's the correct choice. But it comes down to you know something I've said before. I think Miff's used the term as well that Alistair Johnson, Greg Taylor, Louis Palmer, and others, it is not their fault. They are the best players in their current position at this moment in time. Or more specifically, it's a feeling that there's no genuine competition for them. Now, guys like Johnson may well be the best right back at the club, and you could bring someone in to compete with them and they might go toe-to-toe, but ultimately, competition... I'm not going to quote Rodgers again, 
All right, I am. Competition can be the best coach. Somebody breathing down your neck, waiting to take your position, is sometimes the best motivator. Knowing that if you don't play well, knowing that if you don't have a 7, 8, 9 out of 10, you're out for the next game. We've got too many guys. Greg Taylor could have a, a shocker every day of the week at this moment in time. He'll start the next game. And Alistair Johnson, for the most part, is in the same boat because Ralston, as likeable as he is, and a lot of fans are fond of Ralston and, and what he brings, he's definitely you know a lesser option than Alistair Johnson. So you've got that going on across the park just now because of the limited wingers. Louis Palmer's always going to start more often than not. So there's just the lack of competition is hurting Celtic at this moment in time and individuals are getting away with poor performances that they wouldn't get away with elsewhere. I just want to touch on one other guy, James, in terms of the first half. It's Kyogo. It's that brilliant chance. You weren't sure if the flag was going to go up. Turned out it was a brilliant run. He's timed it perfectly. He stayed on side. Um, I think you made the comment, his first touch isn't the best. It doesn't quite set himself. Then he's going a bit wide. He could take it around the goal. And I think that was Chris Sutton's suggestion. He's clipped it. And listen, it's, it's inches wide, but you've got to score, haven't you? Yeah, I think his first touch takes it. Like a really good first touch in that position. The Kyogo knows exactly how to play. A really good first touch gives you two or three options. You know, I can go left, I can go right, I can clip the goalie, I can go around the goalie. You know, that, that first touch is, is all important. His touch is poor and it takes him to a point where he's only got the shot, really. I don't think he could have gone around the goalie at that point. He's too wide. Um, Carson would have steered that out. So it's, it's the first touch and that's just maybe a lack of confidence in just where he is just now. You know, like, like you say, and another day goes in, scuffs off the turf or whatever, pretty much shaved the post. But it was the first touch that killed it for me. Um, and he just he, he cut a bit of a frustrated figure. I thought um, until he went off, um, not really taking the, the confidence from the goal on Saturday there. So he's just got to get back in the training pitch, get his work done, get ready for Saturday. Yeah, it's nothing to do with a lack of application or, or attitude or work rate from Kyogo. I've seen comments in recent days that Kyogo's chucked it. Absolutely not. He's a, a very dedicated professional. He works hard at his craft. And like a lot of footballers, a lot of times, you can go out of form. That's just the way it goes. And he's clearly a guy that's that's playing with a lack of confidence, James. And, and that's what it is. And it's up to it's up to him individually and the coaches, Rogers and otherwise, to, to try and pick him up for Saturday because he starts on Saturday, and rightly so. Um, he's shown he can be the man for the big occasion. So let's hope he's just been... Storm up his goals for the, the weekend, and we'll see how that goes. First half stats, James, you'll have seen a lot of them. Uh, ball possession, yeah. 74% Celtic. Goal attempts, 19 to Dundee's one, uh, but only two of those on target. Uh, corner kicks, nine for Celtic, none for Dundee. Uh, what else? What else? One yellow card for Celtic, uh, none for Dundee. It was uh, Liam Scales yeah. wiping a guy out, which is fair enough. Uh, dangerous attacks, 72 to 13. And without Celtic... You know, getting the goal and and whatever else. There's no doubt that, that we like to cut an edge, but the stats bear out that we were completely dominating this game. Yeah, that's the thing about you know. There's a lot of negativity um, in the kind of Celtic online atmosphere at the moment. You know, after this game, and I just don't see it because it's such a dominant performance. And um, you just need to take a wee bit of a step back and look at it and go like, you know. With that type of play and those kind of stats, you're always going to win that game. And winning that game was the only thing that mattered today. The fact that you did it with a few goals and there was some nice playing amongst it. I think maybe a wee bit guilty of trying to walk the ball into the net. You know, Mikey showed, albeit, you know, as one of the comments is saying, that, you know, Dundee were tiring at that stage. 
Mikey showed, take a gamble, you know, from, from outside the box. Something will spill or keeper makes a mistake. I thought before that it was too intricate and just, like I say, trying to pass the ball into the net. Just have a have a go, see what happens. Yeah. Can't win the raffle if you don't buy a ticket, James. And Mikey bought a couple today. Um, comment come in uh, just for you, I think, from Gary Steele. Called you individually a pair of doom and gloom merchants, James. So I don't know if Gary listens much at all, but generally speaking, I don't think we are particularly negative or doom and gloom, but so be it. Uh, and listen, it'd be easy to come on at 3 0 and wax lyrical about free flowing Celtic, cruise to victory, never in doubt, and all that kind of stuff. But what we're generally here to do, you know, with the post match, pre match shows, and the weekly, is to try and kind of look between the score lines and see what see what we see, you know, try and reflect what we are seeing on the park and, and try and give an honest assessment of that. So if Gary doesn't enjoy it, there's there's nothing much we can do, but there's everyone's entitled to their opinion and all that kind of stuff. Uh, James, getting into the second half, so we've not had to wait long for the goal. Um, as mentioned, it's Louis Palmer doing some good stuff on the left. And it's Bernard, Bernardo making the run at the box that, that maybe he's not been making so far. And as I say, I know it was quite a scrappy goal and Carson's not covered himself in glory, but Bernardo's got to be there, you know, to have that impact and to ask the question of the goalie. And it's good for his confidence as much as anything to see that. And it's it's just the goal that unlocked things for Celtic. Yeah, and that's that, you know, I mean, there was still obviously pressure after that because you've not got the second and Dundee can sneak one and all that stuff. But it got us moving, it got us on the road, you know. Um, yeah, and you're, you're delighted for him because new club, quite a lot of pressure in and out of the team, you know, playing in Europe, not playing domestic, then starting to cement a domestic place whilst the water's is out. Um, and as you've said, since the start of the season, anyone who's getting their chance, you've got to take it. It's golden assists that keep you in the team, particularly in those positions. And they, that, that's what he's done. You know, he's, he's got himself in a good spot and it's not going to win any of the season competitions, but it's, it's one that kind of, like I say, just takes that initial pressure off and lets us start to build. I mean, I think from then on, you know, we were peppering the goal. That's when the, the, the real stats started to build up. So, because Dundee, unlike Livingston, did have a bit of self-belief and did start to come out a wee bit, which A, tired them further, and B, left spaces for us that we, we you know, exploited in the end. So, um, but fair play to Tony Dock for, you know, coming out and having a go and not just settling for, you know, he'd rather get beat 3-0 um, as, as 1-0. He's come out and tried to get his draw, or, you know, even sneak a win. So, you've got to commend that. Yeah, and they've they played relatively defensively, defensively at times, but they've had their two guys up front. Um, so to an extent, they've been a wee bit more adventurous than some would have been. And then teams like Dundee or whoever else Celtic face domestically, they need to just hope that some of their big players stand up and, and have a decent game. And as I thought, as I said, sorry, I thought Owen Beck had a decent game at left back. Cammy Kerr, limited as he is, done his job on the right-hand side and, and one or two others digging in for them. And, and that's all they can ask of their, their individuals. Um Celtic's joy is such a short-lived after the goal because Cameron Carter-Vickers hits the turf and it's it's become an ongoing concern, James. He's obviously got niggling issues. We've debated whether guys like him and Maeda have potentially been rushed back, but what's clear at this moment in time is that Cameron Carter-Vickers isn't operating at 100% capacity and he's also now got to be a serious doubt for the, the weekend. I've not heard Brendan Rodgers' comments. Maybe someone can, can fill us in on that, but whatever way you look at it, it's got to be a concern for Saturday coming. Uh, Sam Fran got it. It was, um, Rogers has said he's been monitored. You know, he's, he's certainly not said, you know, anything concrete, but, you know, it's a doubt um, and, and that's enough to to warrant concern. Um, 
Stephen Welsh has got a lot of experience in these ties. I know, you know, we are where we are in terms of central halves and all that stuff. If it comes to it, then I think Welsh can deal with that. Um, it maybe slows us coming out a wee bit, but I, th- I think he can stand up to task. He's plenty of experience of the tie, but all being well, CCB is just, you know, it was, you know, taking off as a precaution, bit of rest, you know, see how it looks tomorrow morning, maybe even uh, Wednesday and assess from there. But yeah, he, I think Maeda definitely, uh, CCB and Alistair Johnson, those two in particular, CCB and Alistair Johnson, I think they've both had, you know, fairly, you know, long-term injuries in the last 12 months and coming back from that, there's a natural hesitancy. There's, yeah, it looked like a hammy from CCV, which is just the muscles obviously obviously surrounding that knee injury are yet to get up to speed themselves. So, um, yeah, it's a concern, but we didn't really have any options of not playing him. If he's if he's fit enough and he needs match fitness, then he's he's playing. And we're seeing a slightly lesser version of CCV, but he's still the best defender at the club. He is. I agree with that. Um, I'll drop a couple of Rangers questions your way between now and the end of the recording, but if it comes to it, are you... Happy, is that the right word? Happy enough with Liam Scales and Stephen Welsh when you're starting centre-halves? Scales is there on form. I don't have long-term ambitions for Scales at Celtic as a first-choice centre-half, but he's there on form, so you've got to go with that. Um, and Welsh is the experienced choice. You can tell, obviously, Rodgers just doesn't rate Lagra Bielka. Navrocki's nowhere to be seen. Um Kobayashi, geez, oh man. So I think even by default, it's Welsh and Scales. Um, Phillips, let's, let's say best mended. So yeah, uh, like you say, happy, maybe not the word, but that, that'd be the choice I'd be going for, yeah. Yeah, just a comment that's come in there from Henrik McLarson saying that CCD was absent at, absent at Ibrox, and he's quite right. It was Lager Bielkin Scales that started yeah. at Ibrox, wasn't it? So shows it can be done, but you're certainly a better side with Cameron Cattle Vickers on it. So let's see the, the news on him over the next few days. A um, couple of subs, James, on the 66-minute mark. It's Yang and O coming on for Dais Maida and Kyogo Furuhashi. And I think there's no getting away from the fact that we've kind of covered both of them in different parts here, but Maeda and Kyogo, they're both out of sorts at this moment in time. They are, but, you know, like my comments on Wales, they know the, the derby tie well. So they'll both be up for that. So... It's a wee bit of a moot point, you know, there's no real discussion to be had because they're both starting on, on Saturday uh, for me. Um, Maeda's obviously got, you know, cover there and he's just coming back from injury and he's being rushed back, but he's now got that game time in his legs, which I thought, you know, if you're looking at things you wanted to achieve today, that was one of the most important things, is getting 60 minutes into his legs. Um, I know you guys were saying, you know, bring him off the bench for impact, but I, I really wanted to see him get some game time, just running about. <laughs> That's pretty much all he did. It wasn't very effective, but he... He did some running about, which from a rehab point of view is really good for him ahead of Saturday. So that that's where my head is. Um, Yang's an interesting one. I thought first five minutes he came on, he was looking lively, looking direct, going at guys, and then kind of shrunk into himself a wee bit. You know, I, I, I think mental strength is where he needs to work. Just, you know, taking knocks, as in if you didn't get past a guy, get him the next time, get him the time after that, just keep doing it, keep doing it. Um so there's talent in Yang, but it's 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 mental training that's needed there. And oh, didn't really get much in the way of clinical service, but a couple of wee chances and he, he tried to make the best of what he had. So decent up performance. 
Yeah, I'd say so. Guys like Yang and Mikey Johnson at the moment, and obviously we'll get to Mikey in a bit of detail shortly, but these guys seem to come into games and be a bit more confident off the bench than they are starting. I think you, you could easily have started Mikey and Yang on, on either wing today, and they just don't seem as comfortable at that, but they seem to be confident enough to come off the bench and try and make an impact for the 15, 20, 25 minutes they get. And maybe guys like that just need to to build up you know, to, to get in the start because I think Celtic's lack of genuine options in the wings has led to Mikey Johnson and Yang starting games that they possibly shouldn't have, both in terms of maybe match fitness and in terms of confidence levels at this moment in time. And I think you can see the difference in, in the performances coming off the bench as opposed to starting. Just as we continue, so maybe another 10 minutes or so on the recording, James, 10.15. But if anyone is tuned into the, the YouTube live, you know, thanks to guys like Jerry O'Donnell, Frank, Gary Melrose, etc. Feel free to ask any questions and we'll do our very best to catch a couple of them before the, the end of the recording. James, on Mikey Johnson, um, <laughs> this isn't time for I told you so as a, a, a vindication. Far from, actually, people know that I'm a huge fan of Mikey Johnson, but you need to do a whole lot more and score a couple of goals against Dundee. But it's a step in the right direction. Um, it's what we needed, as you say. He's come on and at least he's looked direct. He's taken the shots that the other guys weren't taking. And he's had the character to go and have a go at things. Now, Mikey Johnson's not daft. He's a young guy. He sees social media, hears comments, all that kind of stuff. He knows that a lot of the fan base have given up on him. And you can understand why to a huge extent. But all he can do is come on in a game like that today and try and have an impact. And it's exactly what he's done. And I'm really pleased for him on a personal level. He's got much further to go than today. But he's done his job on the occasion. Delighted for him as well. I'm delighted for any Celtic player that comes on and, you know, particularly when there's adversity there, he's come on and, and done a job. Um, if you want to be cute about it, you know, Celtic, then they can look to that performance and say, I mean, his, his individual stats from coming on to the final whistle will be really impressive. He's got his two goals, but he'd also other chances. He was, you know, in about the box causing problems. Celtic have got an asset there that they can bring off the bench in the last 15 minutes. We're really, really going to need to pull everyone together between now and May to win this title. And if you've got someone like Mikey that can come on at that stage and either secure your winning like your lax or get you the crucial goal that gets you the win, whatever it may be, that's where you deploy him, not where he comes on a game and he feels the pressure. Um, I think this season will be it for Mikey at Celtic, but he can go out on a high if he keeps coming on in, in, at that particular time and you know make an impact like that. Because, like I say, we need... Everyone pulling together between now and me. Yeah, we really do. And you mentioned it earlier on, but I thought it was a good time to highlight the comment from San Fran uh, referring to Mikey Johnson, the wee man kicking the doors after the last chance saloon. And that's what he has to do. They're the doors that he's standing in front of now. He's had opportunity. You'll have heard that, you know, he had four starts in the bounds, um, he had a couple of particularly poor performance and performances. And what he wasn't doing, and this is where I was comparing him to guys like Louis Palmer. Louis Palmer can have inconsistent games, he can win and out. But he'll get his assists and he'll get his goals. And Mikey numbers, was getting game. Yeah. Mikey was getting game time and he wasn't chalking up the numbers. You can also argue about guys like Lee Alabada. He's obviously out the picture just now and hopefully he's back soon. But Abada frustrates at different times, but he gets the numbers, gets his goals, gets his assist. So now Mikey can turn around to today's stats and say, Well, listen, I had what did he come on? He came on in the 83rd minute, two goals within what did we play? Eight minutes overtime. So 15 minutes or so he's come on, grabbed his two goals. And what he's effectively done is he's put the game to bed. That would have been a really tense finale had we not get the second goal, let alone the third. 
Dundee were always likely to break now and then and launch that that long throw in into the box with uh, is it Shaughnessy? And that, that, as we know, at this moment in time, can cause chaos for Celtic. So what Mikey's done is he's come on and done his job, is the long and short of it. You can certainly debate Trevor Carson for the second goal as well as the first. He's made a mess of it, and who cares, because he was at it earlier in the game. But Mikey can only do what he can do, and he's tucked away the third one, his second, with a wee bit of composure. It's been a wee bit of pinball wizard in the box, but he's had the savvy just to step onto it, and put it beyond the goalie and completely end the game as any sort of contest. Yeah, that, that's it. You know, imagine that uh, board goes up eight minutes, which God knows where they found eight minutes in that game. Yeah. But eight minutes at 1-0, you'd be terrified. So that eight minutes going up, Mikey's made sure it didn't matter and there was no tension when that when that did happen because the, the game's already done by that stage. So yeah, just delighted for him and you know, delighted for the team that they, they got to you know, relaxed, they're not stressed in that last five, ten minutes. So, yeah, just good enough. Yeah. Um, who would be man of the match for you today? Obviously, it's easy to say maybe Johnson getting his goals, but he's he's not had long in the pitch. Over the piece, who do you think stepped up? I was thinking about it through the game. I really don't know. I mean, I kind of want to say Palma, but <laughs> no, those corners. Um, McGregor was a wee bit like himself in parts and then he was slopping possession and others. Um, Johnson was in and out. CCV injured, skills, doing his job. Nobody really stood out for me today. I'm probably defaulting to Palmer um, and I suppose if I get to that point, I might as well give it to Mikey because he's come on and you know secured the win. So, um, no, no standouts for man of the match for me. If in doubt, give it to Mikey, James. That's that's the way. Mm. Um, stats overall. So I've given you the first half stats, but for the game as a whole, ball possession, 74% Celtic, 38 goal attempts to five. Again, only seven on target. So you want to be up in those numbers. Um, corner kicks, 23 to one. I don't know if that's some sort of record, but it's a lot of, lot of corners. Um, one yellow card each. Dangerous attacks for Celtic, 138 versus 28 for Dundee. That's a funny stat, that one, because I can't remember 28 times feeling that Dundee were looking dangerous on the attack, so I don't know what they base that on. Is it just as soon as you get in the final third? Oh, I don't know. Um, but listen, all eyes now turn to Saturday's game. We'll be doing a, a full um, countdown to kick-off, a full match preview on Thursday. That'll be out on Thursday afternoon. Should be myself and James and one or two other guys from the show, but generally speaking, James, what's your take on it now? The, the most important thing was get the three points today and, and you can then relax knowing that whatever happens, you go into that game on Saturday, top of the table, with a chance to go and cement that position by getting the all-important win. But first of all, how do you think the, the players will be feeling about themselves now as they start the prep for that one in earnest? Well, I suppose it's the kind of short-term journey they've been on since the Hearts game. Um, they'll have been pulled together after the Hearts game at, at Lennox Town and you know, just spoken to in terms of how we move forward from here because you know they were at a low ebb there and there's four games you've got to win and they're, they're coming up thick and fast. So that's two in the bag, two big wins. Obviously, the main one is coming on Saturday. So all they could do in terms of prep for Saturday is win the two games before it. And they've done that. So they go into it with, you know, with, with kind of restored confidence. Um, yeah, I think that they're, they're, they're as good a place as they could be going into this. They've scored goals in the process. They've 
stuck. They've really, really stuck to Rogers' instructions. You know, that, that's one thing that's come out the last two games. As hard as that can be to watch sometimes in terms of the, the slow build-up, it gets you into places to score the goals, and then they did score the goals. So I think they're in a good place going into that, um, and they're just heeding the conversations that were had after the Hearts game. Yeah, um, I think what's important as well is of those last two games, you've scored five and conceded none. So we spoke about the weaknesses and how Celtic were conceding cheap goals, particularly from corners and set pieces. At least in the last couple of games, we've managed to to put that to bed. And what we now have, <laughs> I was um, not mocked, but there was comments made because I had highlighted that Celtic haven't won three games on the bounce at any point this season. You can call it negative from my point of view if you like. It's just the facts of the matter. I'm, I'm not particularly negative, but it's, it's there on paper if you want to go and just check the stats. So whether you listen to me or not, that's that's a different story. But now there's an opportunity on Saturday, having won it against Livy, having won it Dundee today. There's no better time, James, than Saturday against Rangers, the New Year derby, to go and get that third consecutive win. That's it. You know, um, even if you take the fact that it's Rangers out, it's, it's the consistency we're looking for. And, you know, you can't deny the stats. We haven't won three games in the bounce, albeit that's been European interruptions and cup exits and things like that. But now's the time. Now's the time. There's, there's, we know there's massive improvements to be made to this squad, um, and that points to other people, um, at Parkhead rather than Brendan Rodgers. But the guys that are there are more than good enough to win this league, and they go a massive step towards that by winning Saturday, and I'm, I'm confident for it, so looking forward to it. Yeah, I've maintained that, you know, Celtic's form has been up and down, it has been poor, but I've got confidence in this team to to step up on the big occasion, and, and Saturday is a big occasion, listen, there's no more Europe for Celtic this season, so this is one of three remaining huge games league-wise, out with, you know, the other games that you need to take care of, but, you know, these are the biggies, these are the ones where you need to step up, and, and I'm quietly confident that Celtic will. Um, had it not been for the injury, you'd have maybe suggested that the 11 on Saturday might have been the 11 that we've seen line up today. There's now the question mark over uh, Carter Vickers. But two questions for you. So I think it's San Fran has asked the question, should Tony Ralston get an opportunity over Alistair Johnson? And that's that's one for a, a quick debate just now. We'll get into it more in detail on Thursday. Um, and secondly, what about Bernardo? Does he now take the confidence into this one and start there as that third midfielder? Hey, I suppose there's a third question we'll need to discuss about uh, Palmer Maeda. But... Um, no, for me, um, San Fran, I think AJ starts on Saturday. Um, it's a game he enjoys. You know, there's, there's plenty of physicality in there. And, well, I would say that's a big strength of Tony Ralston as well, to be fair. But I just think Johnson's been playing. It, it's his shot to lose, and I don't think he's done enough to lose it. So he, he starts for me. Bernardo, Barney, Miracles, um, and Iwata coming back. Bernardo plays. And I, I think he's good for that kind of game. It's maybe a wee bit closer to a European game than today would have been. You know, Rangers will be coming out. They have to come out. They can't just low block. So it'll give him opportunities to to display his talents. Lots of breaking up. He does an awful lot of work off the ball. Give him credit for that. And that'll be more important against Rangers than it would have been against Dundee today. So that that's, I think, is yes for Bernardo and Arthur Johnson uh, instead of Ralston. Palmer. Maida's got to start on the left, you know that. So where are you playing Palmer? On the right. You don't play Mikey on the right, no? <laughs> I'd play Mikey right and left, given the choice, but I think uh, I think he'll go like for like. But I think I mentioned this in, a, in an earlier recording, that I think he might switch them at different times. So I think he'll 
use my aid at pin in Tavernier, which has been the the correct approach in, in all recent games against Rangers, you know, by Ange. And I think that's the right move. But I think you could spell that with Palmer taking a shot out in the left at different times as well. Um, and just see how it plays out. I, I do, I, I just, whether it's by default or otherwise, I do think it's got to be Palma and Maeda and whichever guys. I, I don't see any alternatives to that. I really don't. Um, in terms of Bernardo, there's lots of comments that, that come in just when we were chatting about man of the match that several folk felt he was worthy of that accolade today. And, and fair enough, he's come in, as I say, he's got the all-important goal. He seems to do a bit of the, I don't want to say the water carrier job, but he, to quote someone in the comments, puts out a lot of fires. That's his yeah. thing. He he's not maybe quite as high up the park as maybe you know a number ten would be. He seems to operate quite close to Kalmak, a wee bit deeper than than maybe you might see a Real Hatati, for example. So he's doing the job at, at both sides of the park. He's he's dealing with things uh, defensively, and then he's getting up and supporting the attack, and no more so than his goal. He's obviously very high up the park at that moment in time to get the the all important winner. And if nothing else, if he does go on to start on Saturday. He'll be feeling better about himself, James. He'll be feeling confident. His Celtic career hasn't really kicked off and to have any chance of having a future in Glasgow beyond his loan spell, he needs to have a huge next six months and Saturday might be one of those days from one of those sliding doors moments. I'd love to see it. I mean, there's talent in the boy. There's, there's no denying that. We're just maybe not seeing the full application of it. Um, I think there's periods in games where he just kind of disappears. He's not hiding. He's just not involved for patches, and that that for me just isn't good enough. You know, if if, you, if the ball's not coming your way, then look to get involved. You know, in, in other ways. Um, that's why you know I, I couldn't really have him up for man of the match today because I thought there were periods. You know, we ten minutes here and there that he, he just wasn't involved, and I need my attacking midfields to be involved in every single attack. There's so many attacks in that game; he's got to be involved in almost all of them. Um, but yeah, I think there's talent there. It would be amazing if he can really bring that to the table on, on Saturday take the grip of a game. I think O'Reilly needs that as well. You know, a game where he just runs it. I think O'Reilly's very effective and very talented, but I'm really looking for him to dominate a game. And I think either or both of those doing that on Saturday would be a sight to see. Yeah. I thought O'Reilly was okay today. He wasn't his brilliant best. and um, Much like Bernardo. Yeah. Yeah, maybe so. And I think, as I said, you know, I've mentioned about Kyogo, I'd love to think that O'Reilly's just keeping his best for Saturday. Listen, by design, he's not holding anything back today. He's, he's given his best today, but hopefully he's he's got that drive and that just that performance level to get to on Saturday, which can really change the game. And O'Reilly and other guys like him, they are game changers. That's what they do. You know, if you like Louis Palmer or not, that's that's absolutely fine. He is capable of changing games. He's got that in him. Even Dyson Maeda for all his frustration can change games, Kyogo can change games. There's lots of guys on this Celtic side who have got the ability on the occasion to, to spin a game on its head. So we'll see how that all comes about come Saturday. And as I say, we'll spend plenty of time on that. We'll do an extended preview uh, on Thursday. That'll be out uh, here on YouTube and on podcast first and for everybody. But in the meantime, James, as we start to wrap this one up, your final thoughts on Celtic's win against Dundee? It's a pressure game today um, against a, an experienced manager and a well-organised team that, that stuck to their task well. So it was a real challenge to make sure we got the three points. I mean, it just would be unthinkable to not come away from Dundee with three points today. So there's pressure on the players to, to deliver that, and they did it, and that sets us all up for, for Saturday. So win on Saturday, win against the Mern, enjoy your winter break, get to work, Mark Lowell. Yeah, very much so. Uh, there was pressure on the players 
ahead of the Livy game, you know, having lost two in the bounce in the league. There was pressure today, as you say. They had to win uh, at all costs, and they've done that. And and as I say, 3 now maybe looks more comfy than it was, but Celtic were certainly worthy of the win. So all eyes now turn to that big game on Saturday. As mentioned several times now, we'll be doing the big preview on Thursday. We'll have that live on YouTube and everywhere you get your podcast. But in the meantime, for myself and James, hope you've had a great Christmas. Hope you enjoyed that one today eventually, and we'll see you all again very soon. Podcast Network.